What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for Panel to Panel, a podcast where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. And here we go. Pride Month is here. And you know we had to go big. You know we had to do it. The Queer Comic Podcast had to come with the queer stuff. You know how this is. You just got to know. So we are going big with it. We Not only each week will we have a main episode spotlight of a, a character or a book that you will see from a queer creator for, or from a queer character, you will also see us talking to queer creators with bonus episodes. We're calling it the, our Pride Annuals this year, and you will enjoy these episodes. And the first up, we had to bring them back. The main man that I love to death, Mr. Tate Bromble, how are you doing today? Hello, James. It's good to be back. I'm doing well. How have oh, you yeah. been? I'm 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 in better. Like 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 I finally went to my first pride last week, and things are going great. Awesome. Like it's this is this, I've been like hyped up about this, so this is gonna go great. Um, don't forget, folks, that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, um, Amazon Music, and Audible now, which is which is awesome to say. Um, just anywhere you can listen to a podcast except for SoundCloud, you you can listen to it. Just make sure you check it out because we don't support SoundCloud. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at P2P underscore podcast. And make sure that you check out anchor.fm slash panel dash two dash panel. Because that way, you, like, if you don't know where your favorite plot podcast platform is, you can go there to find it if you just can't seem to locate us. But you can check us out. All right. So, Mr. Bromble, you, 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 your journey the past year has been amazing from publisher to publisher and then diving from one universe to the next not only did you did, 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 the last time we spoke you were going on uh, with barbarian now you're diving into a whole other genre a whole other publisher a whole other co-creator and i gotta ask like what made you? What what made the made you wanted to jump over to this universe? Like what 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 like what is the uh, baseline of what happened there? Um, what made me jump to the universe was first more work. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I was like I needed another. <laughs> I needed that next job, but um, the fact that it was this universe was like just out of this world, like surreal. That like I went from working with Jeff to jumping to James time in the fourth, which is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it happened because James had read Barbalian. Um, so he read Barbalian. He really enjoyed it. He included it on his like end of year newsletter saying it was like one of the favorite, one of his favorite things he read over the year. So I was like really touched by that. Oh, that's awesome. um, so, so then we connected through that and kind of just chatted a bit about that book um and got along well and then outside of that conversation i was also talking um to an editor the lead editor of house of of something that's called the children eric um i was talking to him at boom separately because he loved barbalian um and so he reached out and was like i really want to find something to work on with you let me know if you have pitches like uh so then we really vibed and he's he's just a really great guy um, so then I guess James and him talked behind the scenes about House of Slaughter, about who could, who they could bring in. Um, and I guess they both realized they were talking to me separately. And then, so it just, it, it worked out. Um, cool. cause they loved that. They wanted to do, um, a, like basically the prompt was they wanted to do a story with Aaron in the past, um, mm-hmm. Aaron Slaughter. Um, and because his story would be 
some type of queer story. James was like, maybe he falls in love with someone. I don't know. You can do what you want. So I was like, cool. I get to do another queer romance, but in horror. Um, oh, so I, yes. I just, I jumped right into it. I loved it. That's so cool. And like, for those who don't know, something is killing the children has been like this runaway success that James Titan the fourth has done at boom studios. And with house of slaughter coming out this past year, it sort of like, elevated it again with you stepping in and because when i when the when the book first came out when something was killed and the children first came out i was reading it because i love james's work and it was mm-hmm. it was so very obvious that there's a world back here that he just doesn't have the time to talk about and mm-hmm. then he just kind of like gave you the keys and you just ran wild with it and i just like i love how you like and it's crazy because the more you kept writing about it, I kind of wanted to just stay there. Like, I love what James is doing in the main book, but I want to go back, like, to that and, like, going back further <laughs> and, like, figure out all the missing pieces and parts. Especially because halfway through the book, there's that one moment where uh, the, the big boss character kind of hints, like, are you sure you think you know what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so it's it's just like... It, like, like I love the way you guys crafted this, and and like anybody can go pick this up at your local comic book shop, either in singles or in trade. Because I love what y'all did mm-hmm. with the trades, where like the first volume of something killing the children has the, like like the uh, her in the woods, and then the uh, your, like your trade has uh, Aaron in the woods, and that was yeah. so clean and clever. I loved that. Um, but but like when it came to this, like. You kind of humanized Aaron more so than James had the time to. And what was that like right there? Because Aaron Slaughter is a character that comes off a bit harsh at times, but is a great mentor to the main character of something's scary, uh, kill, uh, killing the children. What made you so I, like dive in with him specifically and give him this extra layer of having to like have tough love as a kid? Yeah, well, I... Like, I recognized a lot of traits in Aaron where, like, he was very kind of standoffish. And, like, in the main title, uh, when mm. we first meet him, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. So, like, as soon as I I kind of read that, um, and then his, uh, um, and just, like, how his story went in that book, um, I was just kind of, like, there's so much more behind this character. And, like, when you first meet him, which is just a testament to James and Werther, like, you know, there's a story to him. Like he carries right. that just this weight and like you, like I read it and I wanted to know more of his story. Uh, so then, and obviously any, any character I write, I'm going to want to, like, there's going to be humanity there and you just have to find it or um, dig it out. And like, I, I wanted to find all the things I, I loved about him and like would learn to love about him, like going into like, why is he like this? Um, how can I humanize him or like kind of portray why he became this in the present? Right. Cause we had a chance to kind of go to the past. Um, so then I had five issues to, um, to do that and like show the path to like why he ended up the way he was. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I kind of did way too much in those five issues, but by the end I was like, at least I know that, um that Aaron has kind of like people will understand him better right and um, so I was very very happy about that how it went 
Well, I I wouldn't even say you did too much. I think you just you pretty much just opened like I know there's that scene in Men in Black Two where like Tommy Lee Jones kicks in the locker door and there's this whole <laughs> other section. You kind of just made this whole other pocket where like different writers and artists can come in and evolve even more. Heck, you brought in like a like an antagonist and then just off the like the competition in the first second like like the first like like volume and I'm like. Wow, you made me want to like see this sort of like Azula from Avatar type character be this like mean person and then just gone. Like it was so wild to see that, and it just there's so much more that could be going on here. Heck, there was at one point I remember when I when I first read issue two where I was like, "Yo, I could just read a story about Jace and be content." Yeah. Like Jace as a character, like or, or even his his ancestors. I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap, like, Tate's writing this? This is awesome! <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was very fun, especially expanding all that. We sh- I guess we should do a spoiler warning about it. I'll probably put it in the text of the episode, like, <laughs> we're already kind of diving into this, like, I didn't yeah. even think about it, but it's just, <laughs> I, I was trying to, like, keep it somewhat vague as I was going through things, like, yeah. because this book is just... Oh, like I love I love how you did everything so much. Like I I could just gush forever because like you you opened like not even just the one locker door. You opened like five because like you have the slaughtering that happened, the possibility that the slaughtering was was different than how it was imagined, the the fact that slavery was involved back in the day, and then and then black folks became killers too. Like there's so much that's going on in this monster hunter world that isn't even touched on and like what's even cool is the fact that like anybody can pick up house of slaughter and just read it and then want to go back to james's work and dive into that Mm -hmm. too like because you still had erica there from the main book to to sort of like tease that but like your story is just as compelling if not more so than james's because of how much you do in one volume yeah, so well, like, that was yeah. like my yeah, that was my goal. The same with Barbalian, where it's like you can you don't need to read Black Hammer. You can pick up Barbalian, Red Planet, and take it for what it is. So it's contained with like a right. clear beginning and end. So I really wanted this series to be as approachable. And like I've heard a lot of people, especially when they found out it was about queer characters um, or like about queer characters of color, people were like, I want to support this and pick it up. Um, but they hadn't read the main title, and they were able to pick it up and enjoy it. And then I think a lot of people like went back and read it, like you said. So um, I really, I designed it that way. So like, I was really happy that worked out. Um, And yeah, like even talking about um, Jace and how much you loved um, like his family and like going to New Orleans and stuff. Mm, Yes. That was probably like one of the most fun things in the development because uh, basically, like, and, and the same, like, when you said James kind of gave me the keys and let me go, I was like surprised how much they allowed me to just invent things or like just come up with. And it was so fun because, like, we would do back and forth. So I'd send an email with like a document of all these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would like kind of brainstorm a bit. So even like the house, like the Maison de Boucher or the butcher shop, um, that came about because. The prompt for this series, James asked me or just said, I want Aaron to have like a love interest. Maybe he's a white mask. Um, and you can just talk about like and then just like kind of like a tragic queer romance because he loved what I did with Barbalian, Barbalian and Miguel. 
um, in Barbarian Red Planet. So you, you are the king of tragic queer romances in comic books. It's too kind much. Of I need to write like a, a a fluffy, happy one to balance out or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then so then I was like, cool. He's gonna have um, a love interest, but he's a transfer student from another house in like the south or something. And James is like, cool. So there's a southern house now. So it was really it was so fun to just kind of like invent and create things like that with him. That's insane. And like. I, I think what I love the most is that you keep being really intentful and respectful with how you develop characters of color. Like, it, it really is so cool how you just sort of dive in and just, I don't know, if, like, if you just really, like, 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 found, like, great folks to take, like, take a look at this as you were going, but the way you went about it was so respectful, you didn't try to, like, dive out of your comfort zone, you kept it, like, like a fine line of how you did it, and I, I really, I, I'm kind of, like, I, I feel so bad, because, like, I have all these questions about Jace, but, like, Aaron, because <laughs> Aaron's story is so told, like, fluently yeah. throughout the book of how he has to learn to like grow as a person and how he carries that weight from losing everybody. And even that line that uh, Jay says, like, you're still the same. Like you never really grew the way you needed to. And that stuck with mm-hmm. him versus Jace. Like his entire story is just there. Like I would love to just like have that, the, the, like that ability to go back and like, and have you do his story. Like if, if vo- like if volume five is just the background of the butcher shop, I would just go, nuts so it's just like what 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 made you want to tell that kind of intense story in the background with jays well um well i'm glad you you enjoyed it or like thought it came across well because i and like like everything i write especially very important sensitive things like that i do as much like research and reading as i can and try to base it as much in reality while never well like while never speaking as if I fully understand the experience, because I do not and never will. So, like, it's very much like these are, like, I've done the reading, I've tried my best to kind of get a point of view, um, and then I can present it in a way, like, and, like, Aaron is always kind of the the eyes of the story, so he's also viewing Jace, and he doesn't know, he doesn't know what Jace has been through. So it's kind of using, distancing it in that way, um Mm -hmm. as opposed to me going into jace's pov and trying to explain like what how he feels how he like what that is truly like because i will i would never have an idea of that um and that's not my kind of story to tell um but at the same time i do have a service to like show the history and like do my the proper research of characters like him so i read a, a bunch about um new orleans and how that how the city functioned and how it was so unique within America at the time, how it was like the first free city um, where slaves where people who were enslaved were able to kind of buy their freedom and work. Obviously still wasn't like perfect equality, but it was the first city where they could like buy their freedom and kind of um, get outside, outside of that in some respect. So like I tied that into like the, the butcher shop and how uh, freed slaves were welcomed into the shop and then became hunters. But then at the same time, like this shop is using hunters and like, I don't know. So like it kind of, I really tried my best to keep it within based in reality um, and everything right. kind of stemmed from that research and the true history. 
Uh, but I, I had a ton of ton of fun doing that. And I wrote up like a whole document about his whole, every generation of his family and what their totems were. So I got like so into it. I can, I'm ready to um, probably like any story that went far back into his history, like through those generations, I would want to like pass it off to probably another writer or creator and just be like, this is kind of oh, what I came up with. So like have fun, do what you want with this. Like oh I'd rather God. see someone else. I'd rather someone else do the full butcher shop saga than me, but. That that yeah, sounds like like in the way you just phrased that, it almost goes back to something like that's like it, it, I, I I it's crazy that I get to bring this up. How Stan Lee used to talk about how like there wasn't the vehicle for people of color to tell their stories back then because of the fact of what was going on back in the day. But you wanting to be that harbinger, but still stay in your lane and be respectful. Like, and then the fact, just, just your genuineness there to say, I want to give this whole Bible to someone else to allow them to tell that story is so powerful. Like, I just, that means so much. Like, I love that to death. But like, I, I'm still stuck on that one. Wow, you, you just made my day. <laughs> like like, and and even like i don't even have like i obviously don't have the full power to do that but i would love like i'm sure i know that james would also probably love that so maybe one day it would like it would happen i know like or maybe one day there'll be house of slaughter and there'll be the butcher shop (laughs) you left a tease at the end of issue six so like i've got to wait for what happens like like, oh like that, that kind of, that kind of, like, was that intentful or was that something that like James let you like add in there of like hopefulness? Like what, like, what went into that? Oh, that was well, that wasn't me at all. Like at the back of the trade, um, that would have been like editors or Boom saying he was returning because okay. he's a character that that exists and he's still around. So I'm right. sure he will return eventually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you so one one thing that always sucks about like prequel stories is that. Some characters can't really move forward and grow too much. But one thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that you still told a story that needed to be told. And with this, you kind of opened a doorway almost to like a Neverland type thing or something similar where anybody later can sort of open the doorway of freeing kids from the cycle of the house of slaughter and what made you want to do that specifically of having jace be that vehicle for freeing kids from the vicious cycle of the monsters well that kind of seemed like his natural end and i wanted to do something more interesting than him like decades later like is still on this like revenge path from like he's lived a lifetime since he last saw Aaron. Um, so I couldn't see him still being stuck in that way. And it goes back to even like that line where, that you mentioned where, um, Aaron says that he's changed and Chase still the same. says how Aaron's still the same, where like Aaron chose to stay in the house. And because of that, he was stuck and he's kind of in this, um, he was kind of trapped within the cycle while Jace in his way got out of it eventually. and. I also just wanted to show another path because like I really part of me wonders how why I got onto this book because I hate like I, in the main title oh. I really do not love the images of these poor children being just yeah. like I, fair. I really do not like killing kids <laughs> so, like in in um 
Okay, you have to kill like, everybody but the kid. Like yeah, that was the slaughter. I don't kill any kids. So then, so then I made it my thing to just be like, Jace is saving the kids because I really wanted. Because even in the main title, even the title, something is killing the children. I was like, yes, and then obviously. Um, the point of that is Erica is killing the monsters that are killing the children. But then I was like, someone needs to be saving the children. So then I brought, I just wanted to show that idea through Jace. So that's how we ended up that way. That's so cool. And like, I just, man, that, that it really stuck with me because you, and the thing was, you made it still carry on. Like granted, Jace had to lose part of himself to do that. But you gave, you gave that vehicle for someone else to continue that story because yeah, I'll admit it, like, the main book's a little much, but it's 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 a story worth telling. And then yeah. you continue that and give a what if of like, what if we don't have to like kill the kids like in the in the aftermath? Like, what if the, we just kill the monster? And I'm like, that that's kind of lit. I like that a lot. Um, the next thing that I just was like so stuck on, and like I, I, I if I wouldn't have known better. I'd have thought a person of color was writing some of these scenes because the literal like twang in my heart I felt when the the big the, the, the old dragon calls Jace boy, I was like, Oh, you 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 need to die. Like oh you, you gotta go down for that one. And like and you and like the the one time he actually did like Jace corrected somebody and I was like, mm, there you go. But then the next time it was just like, no, you're not, now you're just gonna die. And I just love how you 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 had that like you didn't you didn't even have to like slap the like like the racism on the table and be like, here it is. But you you just you just told the story, and that's something that I wish. Like a lot of these sort of like idiot comic fans, or like the the racist comic fans, would understand. Like we're not shoving it down your throat. We're actually trying to tell it the way it's supposed to be told. Like we don't need an infomercial about how racism is bad. We need to literally show you why racism is bad and tell it in the in the correct format. And you did that without even having to bang somebody over the head. And I just wow that yeah. Like that was so good mm-hmm. to me. I'm glad. I'm glad you think so. Thank you. Like, 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 like. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I felt like I was gushing, but I, I, I couldn't find a way to form that into a question because it was just like, I like part of me wants to go like, wh- like, who did you consult for that? But also like, good job. That's how my brain's kind of like working for that. But um, the next thing, um, just in general, like, what made you sort of like create characters and then like like we talked about earlier just sort of like throw them away like oh like you you, someone could even come in later and tell the whole story about um the the, the three little girls like you you, that whole story and narrative was there and then you were just like nope bye like that was it was so clean too just the way she she thought she was all that in a bag of chips and then it was just gone like um what like what made you not leave that door open i was kind of curious oh you mean helen slaughter Mm -hmm. so first i came up with her because i i liked the name because it's because it's Hell and Slaughter. Sorry. I made her because I wanted to use that name. And then I needed like bullies. Um, and I started on this before the fourth arc of Some of These Killing Children started. So I hadn't read the flashback, like the whole flashback arc back to Erica as a kid. Right. Um, so I wrote 
this before I had those had come out or read them. Um, so I didn't know James already had those two other bullies, Tibalt and Paris. Right. Tibalt and Paris. That's her name, right? Um, so I didn't know about them. So then I came up with some bullies, and they're like, oh, we already have these two redheads. Use them. But then because they were James's toys, I was like, hey, I can't kill them or mess with them too much. So then I invented Helen as kind of the leader of the trio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll... Um, obviously she can people can take uh, like away what they think from the character I don't want to speak too much about her um, or the purpose but my idea basically was um, in the first issue um, there's a conversation where um, Cecilia is basically accused by Jessica of saying um, that she just has these kids as well, I forget the actual line. Um, but oh, basically, yeah, where um, Cecilia has these kids and basically treats them as like, um, just, or like pawns or like as almost like a bulletproof vest or something. I forget the exact line I used. Um, so then they, that well, was more well, like yours a, only end up being cannon fodder. Cannon oh, fodder. Yeah, cannon fodder. So that's, I was like, I set that up. Knowing that eventually Helen would invent, would become Helen, um, cannon fodder protecting Cecilia. Oh, you just because like it, from the jump. You were just like ready to like, <laughs> kick her out the door. That was real yeah, clean. No, that was her over. Yeah, that that was the goal. So, and then that's just that's all. That's just my because like Helen is a kid as well, and she's one of the only kids that dies because I was like, I don't want her death to be meaningless. Because um, mm-hmm. it's again this this organization, the society taking kids and using them in this like grand um, for this like grand purpose, um, mm. forgetting that they're like their kids and their people too. And then these kids end up idolizing them. Like even how Erica idolizes Jessica, it's like, that's not, and I never, it always felt like kind of unhealthy in a way, even though Jessica's so great. So I'm like these, so these hunters save these kids, these kids are going to, look up to them. So Helen was like obsessed with Cecilia the whole time and like always wanting to like impress her. And then in the end, she's finally earned her teeth. Um, and she's then she's gonna, up in this bag. I know. And she's going to save Cecilia and like finally make her proud. And then it's like, no, she's just cane and fodder to them. So that's, that was kind of why I was like, I, and then, yeah, I didn't think like that was the purpose of the character. Um, so even though it's sad, even though it's a character, I hate, I don't like, I don't like killing them. Um, yeah, you just like thinking to, children. <laughs> I know. I I still I'm still trying to convince James to Lazarus pet Eric. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be so funny if we found out the House of Slaughter could just bring people back. That'd be the, just the craziest trip ever. Uh, and, we, and we just find out like all these kids that were like constantly. But, like, the trick would be they're immortal once they get brought back. So, like, they're so, always stuck as this child army. Yeah, so me and Christian have, like, never forgiven James for killing Aaron. We both love him very much. Very <laughs> upset with man, him. Man, yeah. That, uh, it, man, yeah. Like, it just, the like, that's why it was kind of hard to see, like, in issue six, because issue, issue six is already out, to see somebody else be, the, like, like, the carry on point. Because, like, Eric, you Eric could go for a long time the way he is, and he could do a lot more growing. So, like having that that door just kind of shut a little bit, I was like, oh, that's yeah. 
Well, I, I really wanted to like if this ever if this ends up being his only story, I really wanted to like redeem him in the end because we know oh. how he we know how he ends up, and it's very sad. Mm. So my goal was like I didn't want his because like and when it happens, it's kind of happens so quickly. I didn't want his like I wanted to add meaning to his death because it did come across as Harry just like meaningless. Like he's dead. He's been like he's, like we just met him and he's like killed right away. Uh-huh. Um. So then I was like, I need to add meaning to his death, which is why, um, like, even, like, the last page of House of Slaughter, um, issue five, was, like, the most heartbreaking thing I wrote, where, like, it's just, I wanted to add, like, meaning to his death. Um, well, even the way you phrased it, where, like, he finally was kind of given the good job for, like, sealing off that chapter of his life, and the way he did it, but still left um, Jace okay, I love the way you did that, because it left a vehicle for somebody else, but then left the cannon the way it needed to be for James. Yeah, it was, like, a very complex... Figuring out all of that out um, was, like, very complicated. Because <laughs> Aaron is left in such a specific way. Um, like, the house believes he killed Jace. And, like, how can I convince them? And then Jace needed to be alive, but then, like, maimed. I needed there to be a fake-out. It was... It was very complicated um but i'm glad it finally got sorted and on the page in a way that i think kind of worked most definitely so you know like and then the one thing that i wanted to continue on with is you kind of dove into another whole chapter but you stuck with james in a way with this new digital comic and and the one thing that i've wanted to even sort of talk about with the creator is sort of the Substack format with now you guys doing Christopher Chaos. And mm-hmm. we talked about it previously on the show when we saw this surge of creators starting to use Substack as an avenue. But mm-hmm. um, not only do I want you to like highlight this book and pimp this book out because it looks amazing, but like what like what is that experience like doing that sort of format? Um, it's honestly the most like creatively freeing experience because like obviously um well i obviously like love print comics and i'm I'm sure these will eventually come to print um but having it basically james has been given like total free will to be like his own publisher and Substack is just kind of like funding it so um we were like for this for the first issue of christopher chaos um we there was a point where we're like we really need two more pages like to make this like end sequence like as big as it can be um and we didn't need to like run it by because like publishers can be like pretty stingy with asking for more pages um but then because it was like we're kind of our own bosses or like james is the boss but like he's kind of running the show he was like you know what if this needs two more pages to really sell it like i want that so we're gonna do two more pages so like it's super like it's just very creatively creatively freeing in that way um so it's been like it's been such a cool experience and working with james like we really hit it off so it's going very well it's really excited i'm i'm really excited for more of these issues to come out and then eventually to come to print it's gonna be awesome and like yeah like so for any create like indie creator um obviously there's like the kinks and whatnot but are you like like are you someone who can avidly speak on the fact that Substack can be a format worth like a indie creator's time? Well, honestly, right now I'll be completely honest. The reason it's so great 
for James is because he's one of the like bigger creators who they kind of threw a bunch of money at and were like, go do stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so like the actual, I think there, there's still some like growing room for how it works. Cause it's not, cause I know like the formatting of like a webtoon or a tapas can be kind of difficult or intimidating for some, for some creators. Um, right. So like the fact that this, you can just kind of upload digital comics and send them to your, to your readers inboxes is pretty handy. Um, but it's honestly the reason it's such a good deal for James is because they gave him a bunch of money and <laughs> they just make comics. So like I don't know, like I think it's still growing and they need to like fix it a bit or work on it um, for like general indie creators. But I think it's right. like a good option, especially if you have if you're posting your um, your comics in multiple like if you have it. Um, on like your own webcomic website or something, if you want this option to like email it directly to people, I think it's like, it works good for that. Uh, but I think they're still working out a lot of the kinks. Like they connected it to an app now, so you can actually read the comics in an app, which is helpful. Right. But, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I just like, I, I, it's been one of those things in the back pocket of like, I wanted like pick somebody's brain of, of that process. And I, I knew you'd be the perfect person to talk to about that. Yeah. Well, I'm also like a step outside of it. Like I'm, I'm hired by James. James was brought on by Substack. So I like, I have not had any conversations with Substack. I don't know how it works on the back end. I just write the scripts and then gotcha. <laughs> and James deals with all that stuff. So like, I don't like, it's been cool to see kind of the instant response. Cause like the comic sends directly to people, they read it and like can comment on like the page. So like, that's really cool to see. Um, hey, kind of like, like, merch like, going on. Yeah, now we have merch going, so it's pretty. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so it, it's just it's cool to see you moving forward and choosing these different projects, and like it's a, d- a diverse way of doing projects too. Because you you started over over at Dark Horse, now you're doing Boom, and it's like it's so cool to see you growing. So like. For this is the part of the show, like where we're gonna get a little cheesy solely because it's Pride Month, and because not only do I want to like ask the stereotypical question of like why, like what is it, like what does it mean for you to be a queer creator in comics, but also like what do, like like what can you tell other queer creators to give them hope when it comes to their creations? Well, honestly, well, even when you said that. Um, what it means to be a queer comic creator is like the first thought that came to my mind is like it's given me a voice where like I finally I feel like I like the stories I have inside of me are like worth telling people are enjoying them Um, and I've been able to voice a lot of my own like struggles or um, things that are on my mind or like are important to me as a queer person Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of having even if no one, like, even if, like, five or ten people read these comics, the fact that they exist and, like, I, like, my voice is out there um, and, like, it's taken legitimately is, like, so affirming. Um, and I, and I, what I hope is, like, if people read it, they, like, see themselves, like, some of their own struggles or thoughts or um, ideas within it that are important to them. Because right. um, I think we've had a lot of... Uh, a lot of voices and ideas in our media and entertainment that like I never felt fully encompassed how who I was or my mm-hmm. or my thoughts or my struggles. Um, so 
just getting just just being a part of that means a lot um and yeah i don't know i like i i think everybody like and then that's like me as an individual and like everyone every queer person has their own story and their own point of view that is so important and so valuable and like that point of view is going to matter to so many people mm-hmm. um so just creating and like knowing you have a voice and then having the will to share it is like super important but then also on top of that like there's so much bullshit keeping queer people from from sharing their voices or their ideas yeah. so obviously it's not like sometimes willpower alone doesn't isn't enough and that's why we really need to like stick together and come together um and help each other through it um so just it's all very complicated but like i know like i hope like more now than ever like queer people have like see the hope and that their voices matter and that they can have a voice and share it so love that yeah that was the big point of that question too like like i know i say like cheesy but like especially with what's going on right now like yeah this month comes off like very capitalistic because of how like the minute stuff changed ever like the minute like, like the, the literal midnight hour you saw every corporation change to rainbows but like yeah. in reality yeah. the struggle is so real right now yeah. and, and it yeah. matters so much that's why i wanted to like really get your feedback on that and what matters because yeah like not everyone has a voice that's why it's been nice seeing your journey because not like you can be a voice for others yeah, so yeah, when that's what's most frustrating is that right now the contrast, I feel I've really seen it this year more than any other, where the contrast between the reality and then like you open your phone and like just all these rainbows and happy faces and corporations throwing mm-hmm. this like, oh, be proud. And when like half of them are funding bills trying to like to stifle us or to delegitimize or like take rights away from trans people. Yeah. So it's just, it's all, it's very frustrating. Like even, in, I don't know if it was fake, but I saw like Chick-fil-A did something. <laughs> that, like, was what? that was fake. I thought that it was so be fake, right? Yeah. I was like, there's yeah. no way. That would be like full on, like end <laughs> of the world shit. <laughs> would... like, we, like, like literally the apocalypse is coming if Chick-fil-A like on our board. So yeah, it's all, it's like, it's just the contrast. It's just, it's the whiplash. It's just like you see reality and then you open your phone and it's like how is this coexisting and it's really it's very frustrating right like that was even the why like when we uh changed our logo like i legit did it like a week before because if i can't if i did it the day of i felt like it would have just been like everybody else it was it was bothering the crap out of me but yeah it, it, it meant the most that we did this right and had these bonus episodes because you guys are doing the things that other people can't and you can be that storyteller for people like I've, like, I like t- to this day we, we've even talked about it off, like off 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 mic about how much Barbillion meant to me and, and my coming out and like mm-hmm. the fact that you even told a story about the AIDS crisis and I don't even think Jeff Lemire had the like the monicum of the idea to go there and you did that like like for so many people like that is just 
Like, I still commend you for that. Like, that is so amazing. And you were able to tell that story when somebody else probably will never get to. I remember last week I went to Pride, and there was a, like, a vendor there selling T-shirts. He was at Stonewall when it happened. So, like, uh-huh. the idea that, like, like, you can still be a part of this for so long and not, like, have your story told, but then you're telling those stories for people is so amazing. Thanks. Well, like I was going to say to you, like the fact that you are using your podcast to like share voices or even share your own voice is awesome as well. And like you're not just changing your logo, you're like putting out so much queer content out for like people to listen to. And like that's incredible as well. So honestly, just commend you so much for doing that and taking the time and energy to create this content. And like, well, it's much more than what the word content means, but it's right. so valuable. So well, yeah, I also commend that. you for that. It's awesome. Um, and I'm, thank you for always inviting me back. I am like, I'm just so happy. You I just like, I, like it, w- it was one of those things where, and I, I got to talk to you later about something else, but like just in general, like you have this vibe about you when you come in where you're so passionate about your work. So when I see something else and I was like waiting, waiting for issue five to come out and then it was like, Oh, pride's coming out. I'm gonna wait a little bit longer and like hit that button right when I need to, because it was so worth it. And it just like, I never thought we'd see a day where we could have queer horror. Like, uh, always there was, like, hints and little dabbles because, like, straight people do things. But, like, the, the fact that we can tell queer horror stories now is so cool. Like, there's that whole scene in the book where, like, Jace is just tearing off all of his ancestors and all his family members' uh, totems. And that right there, that should have been the end of the whole House of Slaughter, like, in my opinion. Like, that should have been the blow-up. Like, we're done. Especially, like, especially old Negro spirits too like you know it's over like we doing this right now like it's all bad but then somehow it tightened up and i'm like man like that should have been the end of it i know i was like too bad this was set, set in the like far like too far in the past i'm like right. they rebuilt it already in the present <laughs> tragic man but no um as, as always like, like what like what do you want to leave folks with what is your closing statement for this episode oh man i was not prepared um I would honestly, if anyone is interested and wants to read any of the books, like, thank you so much. Uh, Barbalian Red Planet is the book where basically I was like, I don't know if I'll ever write another comic book. So this is the comic book I'm going to go out with. (laughs) You did that for real. (laughs) So it's, it's very intense and it's mostly just me trying to write a lot of angry, um, it's very impassioned or like came from a very passionate place. Um, so that one means the world. If you want to check out Barbarian or Planet, uh, that's please uh, read that one. House of Slaughter as well. Um, and then Chris, my new book, The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos just dropped on Substack. Um, everything I've done is, is queer so far, which mm. is like, it's not even like I go out of the way to do that, but I'm just like, you know what? This is what I know and understand and want to tell. Um, so if you do want queer comics, I'll probably, even if I write a straight story, they'll probably be very queer because Hell yeah. that's what's how I do things. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, mm-hmm. please, uh, do not lose hope, even though this world is very frustrating. All I can say is keep your friends and loved ones and your found families like as close as possible. 
um, and we'll get through this together and we'll keep fighting. We'll never stop fighting. Fair enough. I, I love that. Um, you know, but there will um, there will be links to all the all of Tate's books in the show notes and on the on the tweets that we do about the episode. So make sure you check that out. But just you know, thank like thank you so much for being here. I it means the world to me every time. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's always the best catching up oh, with you. Excellent. And we we will catch you folks right here next time on panel two. Panel peace out.